by his internal potency. Krutta Atmasad, considering very near and dear to him. Pati protects. Yuge Yuge in every millennium. Cha and translation. By his inconceivable internal potency, the Supreme Personality of Godhead expands into various transcendental bodies as Vamaradev, the incarnation of strength among the living gods, Parishrama, the incarnation among saints, Narasimhadev and Varaha, incarnations among animals, and Marcia and Kurma, incarnations among aquatics. He accepts various transcendental bodies among all types of living entities and among human beings. He especially appears as Lord Krishna and Lord Rama. By his causeless mercy, he protects the demigods who are always harassed by the demons. He is the supreme worshipable deity of all living entities. He is the supreme cause represented as the male and female creative energies. Although different form, although different from this universe, he exists in his universal form without Rupa. In our fearful condition, let us take shelter of him, for we are sure that the Supreme Lord, the Super Supreme Soul, will give us his protection. <coughs> in this verse, the Supreme Personality of God and Vishnu is ascertained to be the original cause of creation. Sridhar Swami, in his commentary, Bhavartha Deepika, replies to the idea that Prakriti and Purusha are the cause of the cosmic manifestation. As stated here, Param Pradhanam Purusham Vishyam Anyam. He is the supreme cause represented as the male and female creative energy. Although different from the universe, he exists in his universal form, Virat Rupa. The word Prakriti, which is used to indicate the source of generation, refers to the material energy of the Supreme Lord and the word Purusha refers to the living entities who are the superior energy of the Lord. Both the Prakriti and Purusha ultimately enter the Supreme Lord as stated in Bhagavad Gita. Although Prakriti and Purusha superficially appear to be the cause of the material manifestation, both are emanations of different energies of the Supreme Lord. Therefore, the Supreme Lord is the cause of Prakriti and Purusha. He is the original cause, Sarva Karana Karana. The Nandi Purana says, Avigarobi Paramaha Pragavistu Vikarini Anu Pravishya Govindaha Pragavi Chabi Dhyate. Both the Pragavi and Purusha, which are inferior and superior energies, are emanations from the Supreme Personality of Godhead, as explained in Bhagavad Gita, Gama Avishya. And Lord enters the Prakriti and then the Prakriti creates different manifestations. The Prakriti is not independent or beyond its energies. Vasudeva, Lord Krishna is the original cause of everything. Therefore, Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 10.8, Aham Sarvasya Prabho, Matah Sarvam Pravartade, Idi Matva Bhajante, Maam Bhajante, Maam Buddha, Bhava Samanitaha. I am the source of all spiritual and material worlds. Everything emanates from me. The wise, who perfectly know this, engage in my devotional service and worship me with all their hearts. In Shema Bhagavatam 2, 9, 33, the Lord also says, Aham 
evas and eva grey only existed before the creation. This is confirmed in Brahmanda Purana as follows. Smrita avya tadhanena pradhuttam idhistidaha ubhayatmaka sudhitvat vasadeva parakumar pradhuti purushashteti shabde ego vithiyate to generate the universe, the Lord acts indirectly as the Purusha and directly as the Prakriti. Because both energies emanate from the Lord was there, the all-pervasive Supreme Person and their Godhead, He is known as both Prakriti and Purusha. Therefore, was there is the cause of everything, Sarvakadana, Karana. Om Yadrantasya Kyanatrasrakya Chakshurushantamiyana Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Shri Jairanyamana Bhishtam Sthapitam Yenabhutale Sayamru Bhagadamahyam Dadati Sapadampikam Jai Shri Krishna Jairanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Adwaita Gadatha Shri Vasadi Gaurad Bhaktavranda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare The demigods are continuing their prayers for protection. So here, in the beginning of the verse, it is mentioned how the Lord appears in various incarnations. Ramadi Mutishu Kala So this is the position of the Supreme Lord. Through his inconceivable potency, he can appear in any form. So, Prahlad Maharaj says in the 7th canto, the 9th chapter, in his prayers, he repeats these words like different species of life. Devarshi, Tiryan, Drishu. This is the same point that Prahlad Maharaj mentions that he appears among the Devas. For example, as Vamanadev in his expanded form as Trivikrama or Upendra. He is the Lord in the plan of the demigods. And is it mentioned here in the translation? He comes among the sages as Parashurama, the Lord who carries the axe, and among the animals like Varahadev and Narasimhadev and among the aquatics as Kurma and Matsya. So in this way, the Lord can accept any form. And why does He accept different forms? To give protection, to elevate that particular species of life and to benefit the entire world. So this is the purpose of incarnation and even though the Lord appears in different forms and different species of life, He is never fallen from His original position. So He is Achyuta. He is Achyuta because He never fails to reciprocate to His devotees. And He is Achyuta because He is never, he is never fallen from the constitutional position. So there is no Chyuti for the Supreme Lord. So Achyuta because of two reasons. He has never fallen in reciprocation to his devotees and he has never fallen from his constitutional position. So we can see 
the form of the Lord in various incarnations. So here, demigods are praying to the Lord for protection because they know that they are in trouble. They know that they are in trouble and they want protection. And so they approach the Lord and they are offering these beautiful prayers. Now, when you come to this and also it's mentioned he is the Supreme Lord as the deity of all the living entities and ultimately he is the not ultimately in this universal form we can see as the Virat Purusha. So he mentions various aspects of the Supreme Lord. So if we read Shiva Bhagavatam in the second canto we can see description of Virat Rupa, the universal form. That is the first step of God realization, as Prabhupada writes. Why it is first step of God realization? Because we don't have transcendental eyes to see the Supreme Lord. And if someone lacks faith in accepting the worshipful deity of the form, at least they can see this universe in itself as the body of the Lord with awe and reverence. And so, it is considered the first step in God realization. Certainly, it is not the transcendental form of the Lord, but at least one can see this as the body of the Lord, manifesting through material energies. So that is the significance of Virata Of course, as one progresses, one will be able to accept and understand the spiritual form of the Lord. And that's what we have to come up to. Since devotees have faith in it, we can worship the Archavigraha, the deity form of the Lord, which is not different from the Lord Himself. Because the Lord can manifest in any form. And here in this purport, Srila Prabhupada particularly quotes Sridhar Swami and his Bhavartha Deepika. The Sridhar Swami is the final authority on Srimad Bhagavatam. If you want to understand the purport or meaning of Srimad Bhagavatam, Siddhar Swami is considered the final authority. So his commentary is being accepted by Lord Chaitanya himself. Lord Chaitanya never appreciated Whoever rejected the commentaries of Sridhar Swami. So Sridhar Swami appeared even much before Lord Chaitanya. And in his Bhavata Deepika, he explains the meaning of different Bhagavad verses. So it is mentioned, Sridhar Swami was able to write commentary on Bhagavatam by the blessings of Lord Narasimhadeva. So, Lord Narasimhadev is the worshipable deity of Siddhar Swami. So that's why we hear this pastime from Sri Chaitanya Chaitamrata, where when Vallabhacharya told Mahaprabhu and his associates in Jagadapuri that he has written a commentary which is even better than Siddhar Swami's commentary. Mahaprabhu was very upset. He made a very sarcastic statement. Mahaprabhu told, one who rejects Swami is a prostitute. Uh, 
what is the meaning of swami so he took swami means husband <laughs> so another meaning of swami is husband so he referred to sridhar swami as swami and he said one who rejects one's own husband is a prostitute so this is the statement of mahaprabhu to say to make the point that one has to accept the statements of sridhar swami and the previous acharyas so in bhakti culture and in bhakti knowledge we are not known for our creative writings or creative presentations as such of course one can use one's creativity no harm in it but we are not trying to present something new rather we are simply following in the footsteps of the acharyas and all our acharyas are very careful in presenting transcendental knowledge not deviating from the parampara and also even not to plagiarize within the parampara for example in the beginning of chaitanya charitamrita krishnadas kavraj goswami makes a statement why am i attempting to write this past tense of lord chaitanya he mentions that vrindavan sastapur who is vyasadev himself so for krishna's past time vyasadev is krishna dwaipayana vyasa however vyasa or one who compiles the verses on past time for lord chaitanya is vrindavan dasthakur and he wrote chaitanya bhagavata however vrindavan dasthakur only focused on the early past times of lord chaitanya his childhood past times and his youth but after sanyas vrindavan dasthakur didn't mention he mentioned only very briefly so Krishnas Kaviraj Goswami mentions that I am presenting these pastimes to elaborate the Sanya ceremony and further pastimes of Lord Chaitanya which were not revealed at that moment. So they are very careful in presenting in line with the parampara at the same time not overstepping any acharyas or not giving any imaginary commentaries. So Chaitanya Ravada there is a beautiful verse that This is spoken by Lord Shiva himself. Aham vedmi shuko veti vyaso veti na veti va bhaktiya bhagavatam grahim na buddhya nandar kikaya. So mention Aham vedmi. Lord Shiva says, I know the devotional purpose of Shrim Bhagavatam. Because Lord Shiva is a parabara acharya. He is Mahajan. Shuko veti. Shuko dev goswami he also knows the entire meaning of Srimad Bhagavatam because he heard it from his father and he has assimilated everything. Of course, he said it is his personal experience as well. Esyana dhom atlashudhi saramekam adhyatma deepam adhidhirshatam tamodham samsarina karinayaha pirana guhyam yam vyasa sunyam upayami guru gurinam This is the initial prayers in Srimad Bhagavatam. in the first canto itself his yasyana bhavam akhila shruti saramaika he has experienced everything he has understood by realization so shuko veti shukadev goswami knows all the meaning of shrimad bhagavatam that's why shukamukhat amruta drava samhitam have you heard this shukamukhat where is this coming from bhagavatam from the mouth of shukadev what's the meaning of shuka parrot parrot you all know the meaning is parrot 
so only tasty sweet fruits are touched by the beak of the parrot so if a fruit is there and if it is you see okay it is touched by the beak of the parrot then you know it is good recently one person was telling if you are buying organic food you know organic fruits you know there will be some problem it will not be perfect in seeing if it is chemically process something wrong similarly if it is touched by the beak of parrot it is good fruit so they don't want to make anything wrong so this is shukamuha amrita dreva samyutam this is shrimad bhagavatam so shugoveti and vyaso veti na vetiva meaning vyasa may know the meaning or may not know the meaning of course vyasa knows the meaning but such a statement is given to show that he presented shrimad bhagavatam at the same time he acted as an instrument so in that sense it's mentioned that's all he may or not may not know but he knows But then the point is bhaktiya bhagavatam grahyam na buddhya na jatikaya. Just by reading intellectual analysis or just reading or imaginary commentaries, one cannot know Shrimad Bhagavatam. Rather, one has to know Bhagavatam in the light of devotion. How? By being engaged in devotion service, one should read Shrimad Bhagavatam and other books. Then one can know Shrimad Bhagavatam. It's a very amazing aspect. Even a devotee may not be scholarly, may not be so studious, but by sincerely chanting Krishna's names and being engaged in devotion service, when such a devotee opens Shrimad Bhagavatam and reads, at any point he will be able to understand. It will make sense. So this is the way one can assimilate Shrimad Bhagavatam. To that extent, any other devotional scriptures such as Bhagavad Gita, Chaitanya Ramadan or other books. So it is through devotional service. So one need to know Bhagavadam in the fire of devotional service. That is the only way one can understand Srimad Bhagavadam. Otherwise it will not stick to us. It will not come to the heart. One may know, one may read, one may memorize but that will not touch our heart and there will not be any transformation of consciousness. So Bhakti means practical devotional service. very important through that one can understand shrimad bhagavatam what bhagavatam that coming from the parampara and that's why there is this reference from bhavatha deepika of shridhar swami in first sandarbha of jiva goswami <coughs> in the <coughs> bhagavata sandarbha first sandarbha is tattva sandarbha tattva sandarbha the main reference of sri jiva goswami is from bhavata deepika primary reference is from bhavata deepika showing that he is following in the footsteps of sri chaitanya mahaprabhu see the significance and now let's get into the philosophical aspects as presented by shridhar swami as explained by shridha prabhu so it is mentioned that see the statement param pradhana purusham vishyamanya He is the supreme cause, represented as the male and female creative energies. Although different from this universe, <coughs> he exists in this universal form. So here the explanation is given is there are two energies, the prakriti and purusha. And in this particular context, prakriti is referring to what, and purusha is referring to what. Who is purusha? 
Did anyone hear the term? But who is Purusha? Exactly, the living beings are Purusha. And Prakriti is material energy. So this Prakriti and Purusha can be used in different contexts. So let's consider the first context that is mentioned in this purport. That is, Purusha is us. Purusha, what is the meaning of Purusha? Anyone knows the meaning of Purusha? Living entity, but there is a meaning to it. Purusha. Huh? No. Enjoyer. Purusha very important to know. Purusha means enjoyer. So the living entities, what are the living entities trying to do in this material world? Trying to enjoy. Isn't it? We are trying to manipulate matter to enjoy. So the living entity is Purusha and we are trying to enjoy the body and the senses. What is that? The body is Prakriti. Because body is made of Prakriti, material energy. And senses and the sense objects, they are all part of Prakriti. And the Purusha is trying to enjoy that. So the whole, the, the whole entire existence of this material world, our life, our material life means the combination of Purusha and Prakriti. That's all. That's all we can see in this world. That's why Krishna mentions in the seventh chapter, Bhumira, Pandalavayu, Khammanavu, Dhirevacha. So the different eightfold material energies are mentioned. And there, that is Apara Prakriti. Not Para. Then it says, Apareva Adhastanya Prakriti Mithima Apara Jiva Buddha Mahabaho Eetan Dharite Jagat. So there is again it's mentioned. Jiva Buddha, the Purusha is trying to enjoy this eightfold material energy in the form of senses and sense objects. Senses including mind and sense objects. So if you want to wrap it up this material existence, what's going on? The interaction between the senses and the sense objects. That's all. So in that process, the Purusha is trying to enjoy. In other words, the living entity identifying with the matter, thinking oneself to be mind and the senses, trying to enjoy the interaction between the senses and sense object. That's all. That is the material existence. In one line, that is material existence. Whatever is going on, it can be in the form of election, it can be in the form of all different kinds of objects, sense gratification, everything is nothing but the combination of senses and the sense object. That's all. In which the Purusha is trying to exploit the Prakriti, but Purusha is never getting satisfied. As Prabhu says, what is uh, material desire? Material desire means that which cannot be satisfied. Simple. So everything we can define very simply, not complicated. Material desire means that which cannot be satisfied. That's all. So the Purusha is trying to be engaged with Prakriti to find fulfillment which is not there. Please think about our own life. In very subtly, maybe very grossly, we are trying to do that even though we are trying to be devotees. So many material desires come to the mind and subtly we try to enjoy and sometimes grossly as well. So as devotees, we need to see this and we need to catch ourselves. As Maharaj was mentioning yesterday, we may think, 
we are innocent devotees. What's wrong with wrong in this interaction between the senses and the sense objects? What's wrong? But according to Shastra, <coughs> this is the problem. <laughs> this is the problem. So if you want to enjoy separate from Krishna means that is called sin. Papa is very simple. Papa means we are not giving ourselves a chance to reinstate ourselves in our constitutional position. That is sin. Sin means we are not allowing ourselves to enjoy with Krishna, to serve Krishna. That is sin. That is actually abuse. That is self-abuse. <laughs> we are not allowing ourselves to serve Krishna. That is self-abuse. And that's what we are dealing with in this material world. So in Krishna consciousness, we are getting this opportunity to connect ourselves to Krishna. So this is one understanding of Prakriti and Purusha. Then there is a superior understanding of Prakriti and Purusha. In that, who is the Purusha? Who is the real enjoy? Krishna. So he is the real Purusha. So he is the Adi Purusha. He is the Parama Purusha. That is the Supreme Lord. He is the original Purusha. We are not the original Purusha, but Krishna is the original Purusha. And then, who is Prakriti? Nature. Who, okay, what is the part of nature? Yes, nature. Can you explain? Nature means what you see around then? Uh, trees, uh, and like trees, flower, huh? trees, flower, etc. That is part of <coughs> nature. What is part of nature? Fruits, like yes. Apart from this, <coughs> Krishna's inferior energy. Then, one more. Krishna's Superior energy. So we are also Prakriti. Can you see this relative use of the term Purusha? So this Purusha in refers to living entity that is also energy of Krishna. That is superior energy of Krishna. Prakriti Vidhima Param. So we are also Prakriti. Superior energy. Can you understand? So if you see from a higher perspective Krishna is a Purusha. We are his superior energy and matter is his inferior energy. So that is the higher understanding. So when we understand that, as it is mentioned in this purport, then we understand who is the enjoyer, who is the real enjoyer. And that is the point the devotional service starts. So we need to understand this. So then we can understand that that Purusha has to sanction for us even to enjoy materially. The, we can see what that Purusha, the Supreme Purusha sanctions. So actually who is the seer? Who is the seer? Krishna is the seer. As a super soul, he is actually seeing what's going on. And what we are seeing is only what is allowed by Krishna for us to see. So this is a different vision. So that's why we see the real seer is Krishna and we are only a secondary, a secondary seer. Krishna is the real enjoyer, we are only a secondary enjoyer. And so, whatever Krishna sanctions, only that much we can understand from Bhagavatam. We can get into bhakti, we can make progress in bhakti as much as Krishna allows us. Based on what? <coughs> based on our endeavor and Krishna's mercy. 
why, as I mentioned earlier, Bhaktiya Bhagavatam Grahi. If you want to know Bhagavatam, we had to be engaged in devotional service. Then what happens? Krishna will reveal. The reading is aspect of it, but it's not just the reading. Krishna has to reveal. And when Krishna reveals, then we feel, you know, that makes sense. We all had that experience as we came to Krishna consciousness, right? At one point, we didn't understand anything. Maybe nice people, maybe prasadam is good, maybe chanting and dancing is nice. That was our state. <coughs> but as we get engaged in devotion service, the philosophy starts clicking. And we, we start connecting to the Holy Name. We start connecting to the beautiful form of the deity. We start connecting to Srila Prabhupada. We start connecting to devotees. We start connecting to spiritual master. How it happens? Krishna is allowing. They are gifts of Krishna. So I was speaking to a senior devotee. He was mentioning, if he develop taste in any aspect of devotional service, let it be reading and studying Srimad Bhagavatam. Let it be chanting Krishna's name. Let it be in any particular service. If he develop a sincere taste in it, if he can experience that, that is certainly a big gift of Krishna. Why so? Now, maybe our life is going okay. But in devotional life also, we are conditioned, we will have tests and tribulations. That time, this taste will actually help us. Krishna will, okay, this taste is there, okay, come to me. You connect through this. This will give you life. This will give you encouragement. So that is our connection to Krishna. I was speaking to one devotee recently. <coughs> I was mentioning, he was really going through difficult time. Not just, you know, one month or two months. You know, a couple of years, you know, really a difficult patch in life. Even for a materialistic person, that kind of situation is really, really difficult. Of course, it's even more difficult. And this devotee was telling me, I am connected to this one particular service and I just took this as my, my, the thing to do, my main thing in my life. And I just started doing that and again and again and I could just go through that difficult situation. So this is connection to Krishna. This is Krishna's help. This is Krishna's gift. So this is what we are looking at. So for us, we have to perform devotion service and feel connected to devotion service. It can be one, it can be two, it can be many. But feel that connection to service because that connection to service is connection to Krishna. That is our relationship to Krishna. So that is a connection to the ultimate Purusha. And then we feel, yeah, it is fulfilling. Even if we go through a difficult time or if we spend a few years in devotion service, we understand. Yes, I have something for Krishna. I am serving Krishna. Srila Prabhupada in Ishopanishad, in the beginning verses, one of the beginning verses, Prabhupada, he mentions, we all have our unique service for Krishna. Our unique relation to Krishna. So this is our unique position. So in Krishna consciousness, it's all about uniqueness, it's about personality. We have our personality and we have our ultimate personality in which we are connecting to Krishna and we, Krishna does reciprocate to individually according to ourselves. So Krishna consciousness is an opportunity to connect to Krishna, to connect to the ultimate Purusha. So here we are trying to be the enjoyers as Purusha trying to exploit matter, the prakriti. So when we forget that, and when we understand that, look, 
I am actually a prakriti, meaning I am a servant of Krishna and I can serve Krishna and in that way, through pleasing Krishna, we can experience happiness. That is the higher form of happiness. So, Bhakti Yoga is a, it's an experiential process where we can experience this on a day-to-day basis and that's what we are looking at. So, as mentioned, this is the demigods. They are citing various incidents, historical evidences of various incarnations to show that the Lord through his various incarnations have protected the demigods and now the time has come again. So please protect us <laughs> in this moon. The demigods are offering their prayers. <coughs> and similarly, we can pray to Krishna because we need a lot of help. So we had to deal with a lot of anarthas and we need a lot of sincerity. So we have to pray to the Lord. Not for just a material protection, rather to protect our bhakti, to help us to nourish our bhakti. And then we can have that swanubhavam. We can have the experience of nourishment. As it is mentioned in Bhagavad-Gita, as you perform bhakti, it is like having prasadam. When you have prasada, you experience the taste, you experience the nourishment, you become stronger, and also, your hunger is gone away. Similarly, when you perform bhakti, what happens? One can experience the taste of bhakti, and one can make progress in bhakti, one can nourish, and at the same time, the material suffering go away. The three effects of bhakti. That we can experience in our own life. So with this, I stop and see if there are any questions or comments. Um, one of the main aspects of this verse is about the different um, incarnations of Krishna. So yes. Briefly explain his body appears in many different species, but body appears Okay, so here. Yes, so the, not in the purport, in the translation we can see so many incarnations of the Lord. So, so starting from Vamanadev, Vamanadev, why did Vamanadev appear? Because, you know? because um, Balima to um, like take the land from Balima. Yes. <coughs> Again, to help the demigods, Vamanadev appeared. Balima was ruling even Indra's planet, <coughs> which actually belongs to the demigods. So Vamanadev came as a dwarf Brahmana, asked for three steps of land. And then, when Balimaraj gave that, he accepted a gigantic form. Do you know the name of that? Vamandev, what form did he accept? Trivikrama. And then, he took over the whole world and did not have space and then pushed Balimaraj down to Sutala. Similarly, he appeared as a Parishram with the axe in his hand to sort out the Kshatriyas who were irreligious. So he wiped out the Kshatriya clans on the planet of earth to re-establish the religion. Similarly, Narasimhadev to kill Hiranyakeshapu and to protect Prahlad Maharaj, just a five-year-old devotee boy. And Matsya, he appeared Matsya, we can read at the end of 8th canto of Bhagavatam, Matsyavata. 
and that time Malsia appeared to <coughs> rescue uh, King Satyavata and then he uh, came as a bot and he helped the King Satyavata and uh, from the, the waters of devastation. Similarly, Kurma appeared, Kurma Dev. He appeared during Samudra Mandha, when the churning of the Bilkoshan. So, for the, again, there was this truce between the demigods and the demons, and they agreed upon to have the Mandara mountain as the churning road. And both sides, they had Vasuki to churn <coughs> the Mandara mountain, to churn the Bilkoshan, to get the Asuka, <coughs> to get nectar. But Mandara mountain cannot stand still or cannot stand in or float in the ocean and it was just dropping inside the ocean. So the Lord appeared as Kurmadev to hold upon his body, on his back, the entire Mandara mountain, right? And then they churned and they produced Amrita and so many other things. In that way we can see and of course we know about Krishna and Lord Rama. Since the same, various incarnations appear. Yes, thank you. Prabhuji, I had a question that um, which, like when Triyayakram uh, and the Vamante, when he expanded himself, then like he, his toe touched the, um, like the, when the Ganges came, like there was a hole in yeah, the Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which, where did he put the hole? Like, was it in the space? The hole? Like? No, because there are coverings of universe. Every universe has coverings. You, know, we, we, you might have heard about Do you know the verse? Bhumira Apanalo Vayu Bhammano Buddhirevacha. Yes. Yes? Uh, Earth, water, fire, ether, my intelligence, ego, you know, all these different layers. So these layers are here, we have all these layers. In our body, all these layers are there. Similarly, there are same layers outside this universe. So called, you know, in a Brahmanda or a universe which is egg shaped, there are different layers. So what happened? The Lord put a hole so that the Ganges came from the celestial, you know, that came and as a celestial Ganges first, and then came down to uh, as our Ganges. So Ganges has many names. Some celestial region she is known as Mandagini because she flows very slowly. So many names are there. So Ganges is a big topic. Like I have one more question from you that um, when um, Parshuram, when you killed the uh, religious kings, mm-hmm. then why did he have why did he have to repent for it? Because they were irreligious, and it's the duty of the <coughs> um, like why did he have to repent, Parshuram? Why did he have to repent for the killing of the? Oh, this is pastime to show that you know killing is not good. So even Balaram himself, he killed whom with a blade of kushagras? Ah, Lama Hashanatuta, right? Lama he killed because he acted very inappropriately. So he just touched with the grass, he dropped dead. So then the Brahmana said, you are the Supreme Lord, but still you had to repent to set an example for others. Just to set an example for others. Yet yet Acharya Shreshtaha. You know that verse? What is the next? Uh, ah, so if the great people, if you set a wrong example, it can be a problem. So, Parashuram he killed and he repented. Even though it was for a purpose, it was the right reason, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, sir. Oh, this, uh, yeah. 
The origin of uh, Sridhar Swami. Sridhar Swami is technically is coming from a Shankara Sampradaya, a Mayava Sampradaya. But he is a hidden devotee in the sense he is actually a devotee. He is a very advanced pure devotee. So his commentary is uh, devotional commentary. At the same time, uh, in even Sridhar Swami's commentary, some areas it may look like impersonal. So that's the reason. Uh, we cannot just quote Siddhar Swami's commentary, just like that. So it is mentioned, he mentions some points which may look like Mayavad in person, that is to attract them, the Mayavad is also, so that they can understand the devotional points, ultimately. So uh, Jivago Swami never quotes any of those passports of Siddhar Swami. He makes it clearly devotional. So it's not that Siddhar Swami is a Mayavad, that's not right. But he may use some tactics to get everyone. So the interesting thing is that including Mayavadis all accept the commentary of Siddhar Swami. So not only Vaishnavas, even non-Vaishnavas they accept the commentary of Siddhar Swami. So that is a preaching tactics. Any other questions? If not, thank you. Hare Krishna, Shiva Bhagavan Ki, 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 Shiva Bhag